Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. So we are in this series in the Holy Spirit. We're on this last one, but I don't want to say we're on the last one because every series should be the Holy Spirit. Everything should continue in that. So uh, we're kind of wrapping up this iteration of the Holy Spirit. Let's go with that, okay? And here's what we've talked about. And if you've missed, the podcasts are up if you want to listen to them. But this is everything that we've been through. Who is he? Is the Holy Spirit a person? Is he Pentecostal? You know, is he rolling around on the ground in Pentecostal? Is he charismatic? We talked about the nine gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. Is, does he baptize? And does last week, our, everyone's fan favorite is, does he speak in tongues? Uh, highly recommend you go back and listen to that. There's some good information on that one. We had a, a, a just powerful time in our small group this week as we laid hands on people and prayed for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit and, and speak in tongues. So um, we could have freaked you out if you had come to our small group. But it, it just, um, I, I think God's doing some, some cool stuff. What we've said throughout this series is this. This is crucial. This is the key. It's seeing the Holy Spirit as a person. If, if nothing else during this series, I've, hoped, I've opened your eyes to the fact that the Holy Spirit is a He, the third person of the Trinity. And He's not just some this spiritual that you put in the closet and you don't deal with. The Holy Spirit lives in you, and he's accessed the power. The same Spirit that lives in you raised Christ from the dead. And as you pray, and as you acknowledge, and you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, your life changes. So I'm kind of at the back end of these scriptures, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And I really want to talk about what really matters. What really matters We've spent this time talking about the Holy Spirit and gifts, but what really matters? Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 14.1, pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. But he, he, he lays a foundation that that's so important that we've got to finish this series with. Pursue love, to pursue love. Love is a condition of your soul. Did you know that? It happens in this soulish realm. Love comes forth. It's a condition of your soul. And Paul says, pursue love. Jesus is love. Pursue Jesus. And the overflow of your life will be love. If you pursue Jesus, the overflow of your life will be love. See, here's what the world wants to do. They get it flipped around. They want to pursue love. And they look for love in, what's the line? All the wrong wrong places. (laughs) It's too easy. It was a softball. I had to go with it, you know. Um, And they they pursue love in relationships and things and stuff and all that. And and the outflow isn't good. It isn't good. 
Let's read 1 Corinthians 13. Now, 1 Corinthians 13, Paul, the Holy Spirit, it's penned by Paul, but the Holy Spirit very strategically puts between 12 and, and 14 and 15. And in, in 13, he gives these instructions about how these gifts work, but he, he comes full circle and says something in what we're talking about today, and it says this. If you speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not, does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or, or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial passes away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, um, know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now, faith, hope, and love abide in these three, but the greatest of these is love. There's a lot there, and I just want to kind of break down a little bit today, talk to, about the essence of what's going on here. Because the last few weeks we've talked about prophecy and tongues and knowledge and, and the different gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit that we see in this word. And the Bible says very clearly, desire them. To desire them is a good thing, but it also says they'll all pass away. And if we spend our time going after and pursuing prophecies and time. I need a new prophecy for, so I can get through the week. I need a new prophecy so I can get through the year, so I can figure things out. I need to pray in tongues. I need to get this. I need to get this. I've got to get enough. If we pursue and, and pursue those things, you won't produce love. See, Paul really clearly goes, wait, 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 wait a second. Desire them. They're all, they're all good things but pursue love. Natural and spiritual run parallel to one another. If, uh, there's a difference between desiring my wife and pursuing my wife. I pursue my wife. Now here's what happens in marriage a lot of times, guys. So it's just, you pursue your wife, you get married, and then you catch her, and then you desire her. See the difference? <laughs> okay, so you guys are slow today, so let me give it to you a little bit. <laughs> Before you get married, when you do it the right way, which we all have not done it the right way, you're pursuing this woman and you're, you're, you're taking her to dinner and you're opening the doors and you're saying all the right things and you're singing stupid songs to her which, and you're doing all these things. You're pursuing. That doesn't mean I don't desire to be intimate with her, but there's something about it, this pursuing that takes place. And out of that flows this purity of love that is just cool. Then you get married, and we stop going on dates, and we stop pursuing. And all we do is we, hey, desire, I want to have relations with you. <laughs> We're all adults here. See, but that's not true love. 
And, and, and Paul real clearly goes, look, pursue Jesus, love, and desire these things. And watch what might happen. Don't, don't get them backwards and all. When you pursue the gifts, we lose the order, and this is the result. Paul says this, first in uh, verse 1, 2, and 3, says, look, you're a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I'm nothing. I gain nothing. If all I'm doing is pursuing the gifts, and I don't know if you've, you've ever been to a place, and I've been a part of a place, and been to places that all it is is about these gifts and gifts and gifts, and no one's taking time to feed the poor, to walk with the people that are hurting, to do the things of love that God calls us to, to walk in and to reach the lost, and all we're all about is this big meeting of a emotion that is great and, and getting a word and whatever and God, Paul says and Jesus says, that, that's, that's just not it. Now very clearly, if you've been here the last four or five weeks, you realize I'm not against prophecy. I'm not against tongues. I'm not against all those things. In fact, it's great. But more importantly is the love of Christ. And when I pursue his love and I desire these things, God is faithful. Faithful to give. Pursue love. It says in verse 12, and, it, and understanding what, why Paul says the pursuit is after love. It says, now we see in a mirror dimly. And, and it, as is reading about those times, what they meant by that, that scene, they would shine up uh, pieces of iron or whatever, and they, that's how they would see their reflection, and they'd shine it up. So it's this, this picture is that you really couldn't get a clear picture of your face back then some 2,000 years ago. It's just this dim picture of your face, which is a shame because I can't wait for tomorrow. You know why? I get better looking every day. I tell my wife that. But they, they wouldn't know that back then because it's dimly. They could be ugly as sin and they wouldn't know the difference. So, but here, here's the picture. He says, now we see dimly, but, the, but, but then we shall see face to face. What's the then when I stand before Jesus? Right now, my understanding of Jesus is very murky. But when I stand face to face, that changes. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I've been fully known. I am fully, you are fully known by the Father. He knows every intricacy of your body. He created you. He knows every thought. He knows every action. He knows every intention. He intimately knows you. I've been fully known by him. And then when I stand before Christ, I will fully know. See, that's why we argued last week that, that the perfect, and I don't have time to get back into it, says when the perfect comes, and, and many uh, interpret that as a word, it, it, it doesn't make sense here. Because being fully known is known by Christ. Verse 13, now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. There's one interpretation that I read, it says extravagant love. The greatest of these is love, to pursue love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. Love is not arrogant. These are some tough. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. What does that mean, love believes all things? He believes the best in who you are. When the enemy lies to you and goes, you're an idiot, you're a liar, you're stupid, you'll never overcome, God believes all things. He hopes all things. Love endures all things. The question is, 
Where does this kind of love come from? Where do we, where do we get it? Is it just a choice we make? You know, the books that are, there's great books, and they say, love is a choice, and there's some truth to that. So if that is the thought process, if we say love is a choice, and again, there is some, some truth to that, can I just love my, make a choice and love myself into this situation that I am a complete mess in? I'm just going to choose to love here. It's that easy. It's not that easy. Thank you. <laughs> Galatians 5, 6 says this, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Chris just talked about that. What is he talking about? Circumcised and uncircumcised. He's saying this. It's not about the law. It's not about religion. It's not about you doing everything right, crossing the T's and dotting the I's and, and being to church on time, which we know is not true in this church. You're not worried about that one. So it's not about you coming every week. We know that's not necessarily true either. But it's not the religious acts. It's expressed through love in a relationship with Jesus. See, faith is the spring through which the works of love flows and goes forth. This faith in Christ Jesus, pursuing Jesus, it stirs something up in us, and it flows out of us naturally. It's not a I've got a love right here. No, no, no. When I'm in this word, when I fall in love with Jesus, when I renew my mind, when I walk in the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, love naturally flows out of me. It's not a commanding to love. It just naturally happens. And the difference between commanding to love and naturally happen is this. When you see someone that's unlovable and you command your soul to love, it's very difficult to do. And you got to kind of muster all up. But when the Spirit of God, the pursuit of Jesus lives in you and you step into the situation with someone who's unlovable, you love in a way that is extravagant. You see, you see the difference? It just flows. It just flows. And, and in this scripture, it says faith equals Jesus equals love equals flow. And the reason that some of us are not able to walk, including myself, and not able to walk in this purity of love is because this order is all jacked up and we just want to choose to love. Try and choose to love the guy that cuts you off on the freeway in Orange County. Let the flow and let Jesus and, and your soul be changed. Watch what might happen. Ah, I'm going to go there. The, the church. I, just, I, just, I was on uh, Facebook last night before I go to bed. I know you're not supposed to do that. Um, and a buddy of mine is like, there's a, an article that came out that says, Christians have more abortions per capita than non-believers. That was the stat. And his headline was, there, there, there's those hypocrites again. I'm like, gosh. So I'm, I'm writing to him, and, and I'm writing, I'm texting, or whatever you do on Facebook, you write a response or comments. There you go. I'm writing a comment. I'm like, dude, here's the deal. The issue is not hypocrisy. Because the reality is, you're a hypocrite, as am I. We're all hypocrites. The issue is self-righteousness. And Christians have taken this soapbox stand, and we go, this, 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 and when our own lives are in this turmoil. And then what God does is, really, you're going to stand up there, and you're going to beat the hell out of this group, or that group, or another group? 
And he goes, well, let me just give someone a peek into your life. See, the issue is self-righteousness. But when you pursue Jesus, it doesn't mean you're not going to fall. It doesn't mean you're not going to walk in contradictions and hypocrisy. Until Christ comes, until we see him face to face, until we're in this, this, this new place with, uh, with Jesus, we're all going to be in these difficult situations. But I'm telling you, if you pursue love and you pursue Jesus, that gap between religion and self-righteousness just closes a little more and more as you continue to pursue. And then the world might not get so down on Christianity. They might go, oh gosh, they're actually gracious. Oh my goodness, they're actually forgiving. Oh, wow. They're actually not standing with signs, you're going to hell. It's a big difference. See, Galatians 5, as you continue in Galatians, says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's the first, love, joy, peace, patience. But it starts with love. And it's not just this decision that we make moment by moment. It's fruit. It overflows a work of God within us. You've never seen an apple tree. Just well, you, uh, This is a metaphor, obviously. You've never seen the apple tree just stand up there and go, come on, apple, go forth, apple, go forth. It doesn't struggle to push out fruit. It doesn't struggle to put one apple out there. What happens is it's, a, it's naturally an apple tree, and fruit just flows from it naturally. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We are not the old same person that I was, whatever, how many years ago before I came to know him. Therefore, it's not this having to push to try to be something. When Jesus is in me, when I pursue love, and I read this word, and, I, and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, love just naturally flows. And I'm not as much of an fill in the blank. As I am without him. Why are so many Christians fill in the blank? Because we don't pursue Jesus. It's circumstantial fruit. I've just got to be patient for this moment, and we're never patient for this moment. I've just got to be kind for this moment, and it doesn't work. Pursue love. It's a humble Christ-dependent spirit in the human soul that's deep in our soul that wills the good of others, John Piper. Do you see what he said right there? It wills the good of others. See this whole fruit, pursuing love? It's not about you. You think it's about you. You like it to be about I'd love it for it to be more about me. It should all be about me. It's not. Oh, I'm the only one, the rest of you are liars. I, I love this, this quote, because he says, when, when, when that Christ-dependent spirit and you're pursuing Jesus, that wills the good of others. Others. The church isn't divided. The nation's not divided. Humanity's not divided. Now, this side of heaven, that's never going to happen completely. What about your life, though? See, because when you stand before God, you're not going to go, what about the world, and how come it was so divided, and how come politicians were so... That's not what Jesus is going to ask you. He's going to say, did you pursue? What about your life? Did you bring division, or did you bring love? Did you bring strife to the situation, or did you bring kindness? Did you bring anger, or did you bring long-suffering? 
That's what he's going to ask. See, these are not choices you make, bad grammar, in the naturally. <laughs> Sorry, I wrote it early this morning. These are not choices you make naturally. It is not my, my, my nature, my spirit to just be patient. Anybody out there? Maybe some of you. Okay, some of you patient. It's not in my spirit to just naturally be kind. Don't say a word. It's not in my spirit. Look, oh, you're so humble. It's not in my spirit not to boast. I love myself. I want to tell you how great I am. What do you mean, yes? You're agreeing with me? I don't, oh, you're talking about all of us as a whole. Okay, thank you. It's not in my spirit. It's not in my spirit to bear all things, to believe all things, to hope in all things, and endure in all things. That's not naturally what comes forth. It's not the natural fruit that comes forth in my life. What comes forth, apart from pursuing Jesus, is impatience, is being mean, unkind, arrogant, boastful. Don't wink at me. All of those things. See, patience, kindness, not boasting, not being arrogant, all these things, they, they should be spontaneous acts that just flow out of our heart. That just flow out of our heart. Because they're supernatural. See, this is why we've been preaching on the Holy Spirit, and we talk about being, being baptized and being filled with the Holy Spirit, and why we said it's not just one-time event. It's a lifelong empowering and being, being filled with the Holy Spirit every single day, every hour, every moment, so that the spontaneous flow of this Word and who God is comes forth so much so that it's supernatural and no one can say, oh, I did it. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says very clearly, you can't tame your tongue. Not, it cannot do it. But the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in me as it goes forth when I pursue Jesus can tame my tongue. It's supernatural. It can't happen in your natural gifts, your natural wantings. It doesn't happen. Pursue love, they're not choices. They are who you are. If you find yourself in a place that, that when, when you get into these difficult situations, you're less than patient, you're less than forbearing, you're less than kind and all these things, then you really got to look and say, look, am I really pursuing this word? Am I really pursuing love in Jesus? Or am I just trying to control the situations? Love is, condition, is, is clearly, it's a condition of our heart. Love is much deeper than choices. It's what's going on deep in my soul that keeps me from anger, irrit irritation, being envious and arrogant. See, but there's some undone business in many of our souls. Unforgiveness, bitterness, anger. And we're holding on to these things. And you can't... You can't hold on to both. Have you ever seen the, 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 the picture of the monkeys and the, the, he's got the, the nut outside. He's got enough room to put his hand through it. And then he can grab the nut, but he can't get his hand out unless he drops the nut. Have you ever seen that? And he won't let go of it. 
And he'll, yet he'll still, he'll never be able to get there. And he's just confused. And so many of us are holding on to our old selves. And we're wondering why love isn't flowing and we don't have any patience and we're not kind and, and, and God's not changing us inside. And we're holding on to the world and what we love so much. We can't get it back into the presence of God. And we have a church that doesn't walk in power. Because you're holding on to that, whatever that is. And we're not pursuing love. What does this mean? It comes from trusting another whose power comes in and transforms my life. Jesus. What does all this mean? What is Paul talking about? He's just saying, you know that whole thing we talked about in 1 Corinthians 12 about, about gifts and the nine different gifts and all the cool stuff that happened in Acts 2 and the power of God fell on them. And, and, and he's like, I don't care about any of it if you're not pursuing Jesus. We can, we can expand on that. You can have all the money in the world. You can have all the things in the world. But who cares what does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? Who cares if you're not pursuing Jesus? Because you won't know what to do with it if you're not pursuing Jesus. You can have all the money in the world, and if you're not pursuing Jesus, you'll do what you think in your mind's best with your money, with your time, with your talent, and everything. Look, you don't have to be rich to use that same principle. I don't care where you're at financially. If you're not pursuing Jesus, you'll hold on to your time, your talent, your treasure, and you won't use it the way God created you to use it. And you'll never be satisfied. It'll never be enough. Pursue Jesus. Pursue Jesus. What Paul is saying here is that you can't tackle, you cannot tackle this love directly. You must pursue love through Jesus, through faith, through brokenness, and this pleasing before God. You can't just head-on grab this love thing. It only comes from, from this pursuit of Jesus, because we've said this before. Jesus doesn't love. It's who he is. He is love. Big difference between being love and choosing love. You and I, we walk in love, and we try to shut the gap from, from conditions of our love and keep them tighter and tighter and tighter so our love becomes purer and purer. What Jesus does is he, there's no gap in who he is, which is love. So as we pursue Jesus, that gap closes up. The Holy Spirit overflows in us with Christ. That is why we have been going through these gifts. That is why Paul says tongues matter. That is why he says baptism of the Holy Spirit matters. That is why Paul talks about these things, because of love. And, and, and Acts 1.8 we talked about when we started this whole thing off. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Acts 1.8 looks completely different when you look through the lens of 1 Corinthians 13 that says to pursue love. It says you'll receive power, and people go, oh, I need power. I need my life changed. I need my life circumstances changed. I need the power. I need the, the knowledge. I need the, the whatever it is that you're searching after. And he goes, wait, 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 wait a second. Paul says, you need love. And out of love comes all of these things. And the what happens in Acts, at the end of Acts 2, when we see the power of God hit, is it says that many were saved on that day. 3,000 were saved on that day. The greatest act of love is this, that Christ some 2,000 years ago went to the cross and died for you and me. That he spread his arms and he took the nails with the crown of thorn, blood flowing, and he died the most excruciating death so that you and I can have love. And he says, now pursue me. 
so that you might, you just might love someone else a little better than you have in the past. And you might even love them just enough that you tell them about me. See, because this, this whole love thing is this overwhelming understanding and sensation that God gave me grace and I don't have to pay for my sins. And it's so powerful. It's so, so potent and it's so tangible and I can taste it. It's so good that how do I not share it with somebody else? That's love. See, because when I pursue Jesus, as Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians, when I pursue Jesus, as he's talking about, I have to tell of Jesus. It changes me. And where I go to work, where I go to school, where I go with family, where I go to my meetings, where I go to whatever, fill in the blank, take the power of the Holy Spirit with me. See, power, Holy Spirit equals love. Filled with the Holy Spirit equals others. And if the church would just, just grab a hold of this principle a little bit, we could change lives. We could change lives. But we're so worried about holding signs saying you're going to hell. And I know none of you have ever held a sign that says you're going to hell. I don't think. Has anybody? Raise your hand if you've ever done that. Oh, you were that guy? Okay, at least you're the only honest one in here. Um, but you know there's other ways we hold signs that say you're going to hell? Yeah, we do it to ourselves, and we can do it by not telling someone the love of Jesus. Because basically, if, if, if your neighbor doesn't know Jesus, if your friend, if your spouse, is, they, they don't know Jesus, you're saying you're going to hell by not showing them the love of Jesus. So I don't need that. It's absurd. Pursue Jesus. 2 Peter 3.9 says this. Not wishing that anyone should perish, but that all should repent. The heart of God is that not wanting that not a single one of his creation should perish, but that they should repent and have everlasting life. And when I pursue Jesus, when I go after him, and pursue his love, my life's not the same. Now, here's the problem. I don't do it every day. That's a confession of a pastor. Don't judge me. I don't do it every moment. But I know when I don't, love doesn't go forth the way God has called it to. And I know when I do, love goes forth. Love goes forth. So my challenge to us is, is this. Don't pursue the gifts. Desire the gifts. We'll pray for the gifts. We'll pray that God does powerful things. But pursue Jesus. Pursue Jesus. Pursue Jesus among, uh, over everything that is out there. Pursue Jesus. And watch love flow. Watch love flow. Next time you see an apple tree, I can't look at it. Do you see him straining? Do you see that? Oh, I got a producer that. No, no, no. It just, just flows just flows. And that's what God has called us to be as Christians. As we pursue Him, just love flows, love flows, love flows. People go, who is that? How can that be? You're Jesus. Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point Podcast. 
If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.